Well, good evening. I hope you've had a good Christmas Eve. Has it been all right so far? Excellent. Okay. If it, I mean, if it hasn't been, talk to me afterwards because I'd, I'd love to hear that too. It's just you might not feel quite as good about announcing it necessarily. Um, uh, I notice a few of you have got your Christmas jumpers on. Well done, Len. Uh, that's, uh, that, uh, Merv, that's, that's fantastic. Really, it's a very good one, by the way. Classy. I like it. Uh, the, you, you've always got a tough, tough gag with, um, with Christmas jumpers, haven't you? Uh, because you don't know whether to go for extreme comedy value, um, of which I've had my comedy value one for about the last eight years, and it's finally been consigned to the bin. That's it. It stinks. It's horrible. It's got to go. But it was quite funny. Um, or are you going for the Christmas jumper that's got a hint of comedy, but actually you're still really looking good, you know? That's a tough choice, isn't it? Uh, but of course, this year you've got the added complexity of, are you going for the Christmas jumper, or are you going to save the planet and go, well, no, I don't need another Christmas jumper because I care for the environment. And so that's not a diss for any of you that have gone out and bought new Christmas jumpers this year. Are you looking very handsome or beautiful? That's okay. Christmas is a strange time. Uh, I, wonder, I wonder if any of you have got a relative visiting strategy. Uh, if you've got your mother-in-law sitting next to you now, just keep quiet, okay? Pretend this bit isn't happening. Uh, but there are a number of strategies. Uh, if, you, if you need to employ them, um, then please feel free to take notes at this point if you'd find it helpful. Uh, if you don't want to visit said relatives, um, then of course there is the early December weekend visit. Uh, because if you visit them in early December, then of course, well, we can't see you at Christmas as well. We've only just seen you. Uh, so, you know, that's one way of getting around things. Or maybe it's the question of, well, are we going to go to them or are they coming to us? Now, if you're, you know, if you're thinking ahead, then what you're going to do for a number of very, very, very good reasons is you're going to go to them every single time. The first is this. If you go to them, it's more likely that they are going to have to cook rather than you. And quite frankly, on Christmas Day, that's a good plan. So if, you've got, if you are surrounded by hordes of visitors and, and family and friends this year, uh, that just know that that's why they've come to you. You know, it's great. They love your cooking. Uh, but also, the great thing about you going to them is quite frankly, if, if, it, you know, if it turns out to be a bit of a duffer, uh, you can go on Boxing Day, and it's all right. And, it, and you know, it's not rude. You know, you've done your time. Um, of course, if you've got someone that has already agreed to come and stay at your house, then you're a bit trapped, aren't you? Here's a little ploy. What you need to do is just make an arrangement to visit someone on Boxing Day. I hope some of this is helpful for you. If it, uh, well, you know, no one else is making notes. Maybe, maybe this is just the stuff that goes on in my head. I don't, I don't know. Um, in all seriousness, we, we used to have a three-day rule when we were visiting both sets of in-laws, um, you know, which was we're not going to stay for more than three nights. Actually, that got shortened up for a season down to two nights because otherwise everything just goes crazy. Um, there are all sorts of things at Christmas going on under the surface. All sorts of things that are bubbling away. Some of them are wonderful and life-giving, and others of, others of them bring out all of that kind of destructive stuff 
that is bubbling away under the surface and quite frankly is really difficult. As we come to this story of the shepherds, there's a lot going on under the surface. And I just want to draw out uh, a few things for you uh, just as we reflect on this passage tonight. The first one is that the shepherds are out in the fields looking after the sheep at night. This is a bunch of people that have been excluded from society. They are doing one of the lowest jobs and they are outside of everything. It's the kind of group of people that when they come into town drinking on a Friday night to spend all their hard-earned cash, everyone else in all the other bars steers clear of them. Oh no, it's the shepherds. The shepherds are in town. I mean, obviously, if they did go drinking on a Friday night, I, I expect they never did. Um, they're the kind of excluded people. They're set apart from others. Yet it's in this place, on a hillside, with an excluded bunch of people, that God chooses to make the announcement that his son, Jesus, has come into the world. An angel of the Lord appears to them Right from the outset, this is different. Right from the outset, the order of things about how we want things structured and the things that we put in place, God upsets them and turns them over and he says, do you know what? Whatever your class systems are, whatever your structures are, I'm going to cut right through them because I love everyone that I have made. And these people who you think of as excluded and on the outside, these are some of my favorites, some of my dear friends. And so an angel of the Lord appears to them. Of course, their response, quite rightly, to an angel of the Lord appearing uh, before them is that they are utterly terrified. I don't know whether you've um, seen, it's just a news article at the moment because the radio interview has not yet been put out with the, um, with the father who lost his daughter to an allergy. Um, and he's suddenly come out with this thing that actually, as she was dying, she saw... He saw five angels around her as she was dying. And, he's, and you know, this is a, a rational human being, a proclaimed atheist before the event, uh, who's now talking about angels and about God. And he says they were just tiny ones. Who knows? I think... If you or I had an angelic being, an angel, show up with us, I think quite rightly we'd be pretty terrified. You know, we like to be able to see that reality is, you know, as it is, that things are solid and that we can touch them and that, and that quite frankly, that the kind of alpha waves and what we see is going to all stay in place. So if a, if a massive angel or if a tiny angel shows up, I don't know how big they are, um, I think the response, it's right that we're going to be terrified. But there is something about being terrified 
in our culture at the moment, which is unhealthy and unhelpful. We've lived in this toxic environment, haven't we, for years now. Toxic in terms of politics. Toxic in terms of the way that we talk about one another. And the way that people try and get our votes is by appealing to the fear card. Vote for me because I'll make everything safe. I'll provide you with the broadband that you need or the tax cut that you need or whatever it might be and I'm going to keep those other people away from you and keep you safe. We've lived in this culture of fear. And however you voted in the election... If you're a person of faith, I would encourage you and I would say, folks, whether you are orange or red or green or blue or whatever assortment of other electoral colors there might have been, we have to set a different culture. And we have to set a different culture now Not in five or ten years' time when there is a government in place that you may or may not like better. And you may love this one, but you still need to be in place setting a different culture, one that is not about fear and division. And as Christians, I think we're in a great place to do that. I think we're in a great place because we've got something different to say that is not about division that is not about tearing one another apart it is not about a culture of fear but rather it is about a culture of hope because God is in the business of taking ordinary men and women and turning them around for good so that we can make a difference in the world and so I'd encourage you to play your part however you voted to play your part in making this country a safer, more loving, more hopeful place. The angel says to them in response to their fear, do not be afraid. I mean, that's always a good thing for an angel to show up and say, because quite frankly, the moment the angels show up, then people are terrified. Do not be afraid. It's okay, I bring you good news. It's going to be news that's going to be joyful for everyone. There's a baby that's been born. And he's been born for you. It's really specific. This little child has been born for you. Not only is he the promised one, the Messiah, the one that was talked about all the way through the Old Testament prophesied about, foretold, the one that was going to come and make everything right. Not only is he that one, but he's more than that. He's for you. And if you hear nothing else this evening, hear that Jesus coming into the world is for you. He's come into the world to die for you, whether you believe him or not. He's come into the world because he loves you and he wants to pay the price to set everything right for you, whether you believe in God or not. God's done it. 
He was born into the world for you. And he was born into the world for you, not just to be born into a manger, into an animal's feeding trough, the almighty God born into that context as a humble baby. But he was also born to live and to grow as a man and to die a brutal death on a cross. And there's that moment on the cross where Jesus cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Or why have you abandoned me? Or why can't I see you anymore? Why is there this disconnect? And there's this disconnect. Because as Jesus is dying on the cross, the Father is heaping upon Jesus the wrongdoing of every single one of us. You and me, past, present, and future. There's this moment where the Father looks at Jesus and he says, For Mark's wrongdoing, for Rachel's wrongdoing, for Sally's wrongdoing, for Stuart's wrongdoing. For Hannah's wrongdoing. For David's wrongdoing. Every single person's wrongdoing mess accounted for. So when he's born for you, it also means that he died for you. And the reason was because he didn't want to leave you with all that mess. He didn't want to leave you excluded and on the outside. He wanted to bring you right in so that you could have life and life in all its fullness. Now, you may be sitting here this evening and thinking, honestly, Mark, I, 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 I was just at the crown. I've come in. I just wanted to sing some carols and have a jolly nice time. It's, we're going to sing some more in a minute, don't you worry. Um, uh, or, or maybe you're thinking, oh, do you know what? I, I, I've heard all this before and I've already decided no. Or maybe, maybe you're thinking, yeah, 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 but oh, whatever. Let's just get on with the presents and, and the turkey tomorrow. Here's the thing, folks. It, if, if this happened... And if this baby arrived on planet earth 2,000 years ago, and if he really was God, and if he grew up to die on a cross for your sin and for mine, then it absolutely matters because your response matters. Your response matters. And just going to do the Christmas presents tomorrow is not a suitable response. Going, oh, well, I'll think about it next year. You, frankly, you might not have a next year. That this, your time might be up this year. This might be the night. I don't want to make too much of it, but if you've not stopped and thought about it, tonight's the night. 
Tonight's the night to ponder afresh. Even if it's to go, could it be? Maybe there's a little glimpse of hope. Maybe, maybe there's something in it. Even if I don't get it all yet. You know what? The king of kings will work with that. He did it with the shepherds. I mean, he had to turn out with a whole choir as well to get them down the hill. (laughs) And they all fill the sky and they sing glory to God and all the rest of it. But in verse 15, they, they do have a decision to make. You know, they could have heard the message. And they could have gone, oh yeah, but you know what, lads? Fire's warm. Let's just stay up here because honestly, when we're usually in town, we don't get a great response, do we? Why don't we just stay up here? It's safe and nice up here. And maybe you're thinking, Mark, or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine where I am. I'm safe where I am. I, I, I just stick with what I know. Do you know what? What's on offer for you is the whole opening up of eternal life that can start right now, this evening. To say yes to a little baby, Jesus, who happens also to be God. Born all those years ago. In your heart of hearts, what do you say? Even if it's a maybe... And maybe he's good. Because do you know what? The Holy Spirit will come and he'll work in your heart over time and he'll turn that maybe into a yes. If it's a no, do you know what? That's okay. I'm delighted that you're here tonight. I'm delighted that you're singing anyway. And I pray that you'll come back next year. And I pray that we'll get another chance for a yes next year. But even if it's the doors just open just a tiny little bit, I pray that this evening in your heart you'd go to Bethlehem and you'd wonder afresh at a baby in a manger. And then you'd go from here telling of the wonders of what God has done. At All Saints, this is what we're all about. We're worshippers of the King of Kings, trying to follow as best we can this person called Jesus. And there's a whole bunch of things that you can join in with. You know, you can come on a Sunday or go to another local church, wherever it might be. We'd just love you to get involved. Uh, But if it's helpful, then there's a little place on the website that you can go uh, if you just put slash discover on, there's a whole bunch of things on there and they're growing uh, selection of things. But we're going to be running some things uh, this term. The first session is on uh, the 16th of January, a Thursday evening. And you can sign up online. And I'm just going to be uh, talking about inner peace. And I'm going to be talking about four keys to inner peace. And you know what's great about these four keys is that they are based on a 2,000-year-old tradition started by this great bloke called Jesus. But if you want to take the four keys and just use them uh, so that you could be a bit more peaceful, then they'll still work anyway. Uh, they just like work mega if you do them with Jesus. Um, but I'd love to invite you 
to that. Let me pray. Uh, Father God, you are good and you are faithful and you are loving and you are kind. And Lord, I pray for each one of us this evening that you would grow in us that desire to run down the hill and to see you afresh, to worship you, and then to go and declare your praises to others. In Jesus' name, amen.